Hey guys, welcome back to Theory Query. Ethan hey here. Everybody. And this with is my Ryan. Co-host Ryan. <laughs> That's me. Thanks for joining us again today for yet another conspiracy theory that needs to be sliced open for all to see. Uh, big thank you to our followers on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere. Thanks for following us on both Spotify and on iTunes podcasts as well. We love you guys. So Ryan, yeah. fill me in on what we're what we're going to cover this week. Well, we are going to dive deep since I love to say that apparently. I said it three or four times in the last episode, a deep dive, quote unquote, into the uh, death of Norma Jean Mortensen. Do you know who that is? I sure it's do. the sexiest name ever, um, which is why she changed it to Marilyn Monroe. God rest her. Seriously, I decided after all my research and kind of comparing her to current celebrities and stuff that if she had not died when she did, she would have been like a total gay icon. I feel like she is in some ways. I don't like see a lot of gay stuff about Marilyn Monroe, but I do feel that she would have been kind of uh, Madonna or, or something like that. She's like the poor man's Elizabeth Taylor, <laughs> the dead man's Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, that was when you told me, <laughs> when you mentioned what you were thinking about doing for this episode, I will be honest. I sat and listened to candle in the wind and cried for a whole day. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's half true. <laughs> three quarters of the way. Which true. part is half or three quarters? Like the, the use of the word cry. Was it more of a like wail or a desperate sob or what? What's the other part? I want to say that it had more dignity than it actually did, but that would be a lie. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. This was like a Fran Drescher ugly cry. <laughs> oh, God. What did it sound like? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Something uh, like that. I love it. Yeah, Marilyn, actually, she made, you know, because the Oscars were last weekend, she actually made an appearance at one of the Oscars, not as a... Academy Award winner or nominee, unfortunately. Um, maybe, maybe she would have, yeah, <laughs> maybe she would have gotten there one day if she ain't died. But she, uh, yeah, she was a presenter early in her career. So back in the oh. days where hmm. hosts were a thing, and those hosts were probably also extremely homophobic, like Kevin Hart, but, um, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, when you're five feet tall, you just get, you get mad yeah. about stuff. Amen. Yeah. Did you, did you watch the Oscars? <laughs> so I'll be honest. I did not watch much of the Oscars. I just kind of caught the recap. Um, I did, however, watch a few parts with the Thank adorable host, Trevor Noah, who I think he may have dethroned Bradley Cooper as my go-to celebrity husband. Wow. And they were, they both made significant appearances on the show. Seeing both of them on the stage around the same time was a lot to handle. Yeah. Can you, can you take us there? What, uh, what was going through your mind exactly? <laughs> Let's just say I ruined a pair of jeans and used half a box of laundry detergent trying to cover it up. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'll use my imagination against my will <laughs> against <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, didn't you just say that you heard something funny about Trevor's part? So in the, from the transcription, I'll just read to you. Um, so Trevor Noah goes on to say that growing up as a young boy in Wakanda, I could see King T'Challa flying, flying over our village, and he would remind me of this great phrase. And he goes on to say this phrase in this um, language that's spoken by 
millions of people in South Africa, but few other areas in the world. So he says this phrase and says, which means in times like these, we are stronger when we fight together than when we try to fight apart. And everyone was like, that's great. That's wonderful. And everyone applauds. What he had actually said, which is perfect looking back on it, uh, that phrase in that language is, white people don't know I'm lying. And he got an entire crowd of wealthy white people to clap for him. <laughs> uh, God bless Trevor Noah. So I just love that inside joke. I'm a big fan. That's great. <laughs> I so, had no idea about that. And I'm super happy about it. So thank you, Trevor. Yeah. Nice. I watched I, I watched the Oscars in its entirety. Um, me and David made a point of watching all of the Best Picture nominees and several of the other category nominees. And I was hands down the favorite was my favorite, probably because it's a bunch of gay stuff. But I also <laughs> I thought I think objectively that it was also like the standout best movie of them all. Um, but apparently the Academy disagrees. So, um, fuck those guys is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's all, I think it's all a a load of horse shit anyway, because ultimately like they only have the same 20 or so movies for all these different categories. And like, you're gonna, you're gonna fucking tell me that there aren't of the, probably thousands of movies that are released every year, you know, like if you count independent films and whatever, that only the same 20 movies are up for all of these different categories of awards. I think that's, that's a bunch exactly. of baloney and some real, there were some real bo- like bullshit moves. So I get it. Bohemian Rhapsody was a very fun movie. But the fact that it took home an Oscar for, what was it, sound mm-hmm. edit, sound editing? Which basically they just played a bunch of Queen songs over a movie. Yeah. And they got an, they got an Oscar for that. Yep. They sure did. So that seems like a crock of head. <laughs> if you want to win an Oscar for something, just do a... A queen movie. Oh my god! Maybe someone will make a queen if movie they about theory query one day. I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed if the um, the movie Rocket Man, the one that's going to be about Elton John, if that comes out and it wins an award for the same kind of bullshit. China, I heard, is going to be. So first of all, they aired the Oscars in China, but they edited. Um, Rami Malek's speech so that he didn't say any of the stuff about Freddie Mercury being like queer. I think he said, he said that Freddie Mercury was gay, which also pissed some people off. Cause he never like actually came out as gay. Um, he was just in okay a shit ton of relationships with men. Um, but he was, I think in his own words, he said, I'm just a musical prostitute. He said that good for him. He did. Yeah, so yeah. China, and this, I, I lived in China for two years, so this, like, hits home for me a little bit, my eastern home, if you will. Um, China's going to show the movie, but they are going to edit out any, like, mention of homosexual activity at all. And it's like, oh. yeah, it's it's such, <laughs> obvi- you know, it wasn't as featured in the film as a lot of people self-included would have liked, but also for a country like that, which I saw heading in sort of the right direction while I was living there. It's deeply, deeply disappointing. That is disappointing because granted it's not, you know, what his life centered on, but it's still an important piece of the arc of his life and, yeah, and it's very it's very central to the the plot of the film, even though it's not like a main feature or whatever. It, they, it's definitely important. Like, it has a lot to do with why his all of his bandmates like went on to 
get married and have families and like their priorities change. But he was in a culture and a climate where he was kind of forced to stay young, like forever and not really able to settle down or whatever. <sighs> yeah. Thank you, China. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know if Theory <laughs> will henceforth be <laughs> allowed to stream in China, but I don't give a fuck. I don't think that don't we would we be want, anyway. No, I do want us to be for all of the Chinese gays. Hope you're listening. Hope you know that your country is not doing you any favors. I'm, I'm trying to be careful <laughs> and not doing a very good job of it. Uh, but there's hope. There's hope <laughs> for you. People in oppressive fucking regimes. It's it's so sad. But, okay, well, that's a great note to start out on. Um, <laughs> should we, cool. wow. should we uh, take a trip through time, Ethan? Yeah, where are we going to meet uh, Miss Mortensen? We are going to jump in to the very last day of her life. Okay. Yep. It ain't easy, but this is what we do. No, this is going to be emotional. Okay. So the date is August 4th, 1962. We're in Los Angeles where Norma Jean Mortensen, Marilyn Monroe is living. Um, Marilyn Monroe is 36 years old. She's still hot. Um, she's been through a lot of shit <laughs> up and like up till this point, but, um, she kind of had some ups and downs. She's past her prime, um, for that time, uh, for, you know, like a female in the, in the industry, but she's, she's back on the rise. She has mm-hmm. some projects coming up. Um, she, she gets up, it's a normal day. She meets with a photographer. She gets a massage, you know, just like typical, <laughs> typical, uh, rich bitch behavior. Um, bless her heart. Okay. 4.30 rolls around and her psychiatrist comes over. He's there for two and a half hours, after which he asks her housekeeper, whose name is Eunice Murray, to stick around and keep Marilyn company. So he had, apparently it was a, a bit of a dicey okay. session. Um, throughout the day, Marilyn spoke with her second ex-husband's son on the phone. Um, she went to bed at eight o'clock after that phone call and, and by went to bed, I mean, she like went, she retired into her bedroom shortly after her actor friend, whose name was Peter Lawford called her on the phone to come to a party. He wanted to get her to come out and he later said that he was concerned by the way she was talking, that she was on drugs and her, her final words to him, according to him were quote, say goodbye to Pat, say goodbye to the president and say goodbye to yourself because you're a nice guy. And then she drifted off. It's not clear whether she hung up or she just, you know, left the phone hanging or whatever. Um, but after that call, this friend, Peter Lawford, made a few more calls because he was concerned. He, one of the people that he called, called the house back. And the housekeeper said that she was just fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. Take it from huh. Eunice. Okay, Eunice. <laughs> so 3.30 in the morning. God, all right. Eunice. Keep going. The housekeeper wakes up with a bad feeling in her gut. She goes to Marilyn's room and the door is locked, but she can see under the door that the light is still t- turned on. So she walks around to look inside her window and sees Marilyn face down on her bed with a phone receiver in her hand. Not moving. Within an hour, she was pronounced dead. So 
they say that she died between 8.30 and 10.30 p.m., which means that she had been laying there for a while. And the death was ultimately ruled a probable, which means probably, suicide via overdose. Okay. She was 36. Okay. It's very sad. So there's there's a, quite a series of events that led to her the day that she died. Um, do you know much about her history, Ethan? So I don't know a ton about her history. I know bad gay. I get it. But I mean, she was she was a you know film star and beloved by the people that worked with her and um, an icon of the of films of the fifties and sixties. Like she was the, the original blonde bombshell. Right. Interestingly, she, she was a natural brunette. Um, she dyed her hair for forever. So, Oh yeah. And there, there's quite a bit to that as a matter of fact. So she didn't die of exposure to all that bleaching agents. I know like in that time, I can't imagine it was very safe. Um, God. but she had, she had a very rough upbringing. Okay. So she was raised in foster homes throughout her childhood because her mom was a paranoid schizophrenic and was unable to take care of her. She was okay. sexually abused multiple times throughout her childhood. Um, when she was 16 years old, her legal guardians were going to move. They were living in California and they were going to move across the country. And she didn't want to move, so she got married at the age of 16. Normal. Very okay. normal. <laughs> A little young. Um, she was married until she was 20. When they divorced, she said she said something like, I was just very bored with him. And like when you get married as a child, I can't imagine that you know anything about chemistry. No, I knew jack shit at 20, but at least she had the good sense to divorce him. And what a big deal that she divorced him at 20 years old at that time in the U.S. Yeah. Well, I mean. Because that wasn't a super popular thing to do. She had like three divorces throughout her life, which is just kind of speaks to the. At a girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she she said that she knew from a young age that she wanted to be an actress. She got some work with Fox, working as an escort. Um, probably not in the way that that word connotates, but she would like walk with and, and go to events with um, quote unquote influential male guests and would also unfortunately have casual sex with the Fox executive at the time, Joseph Schenck, who eventually would connect her with Columbia Pictures for minor acting gigs. And this theme, this theme kind of carries throughout her early career where she's just kind of, you know, fucking her way to the top because okay, for women, it was nearly impossible to get anywhere without doing that, which is really fucked up in itself. Yeah. Um, she, she eventually met a talent agent who she began a sexual relationship with. Like I said, that led her later to signing with 20th century Fox in 1950 when she was in her mid twenties. So that was kind of her, her break. And that's actually the same year that she was a, an award presenter at the Oscars. So yeah, after that, she got a lot more attention being on the Oscars and whatnot. And she rocketed to a list status pretty quickly. Um, she, like you said, was the the blonde bombshell. She dyed her hair to get more work. And um, she she actually said often that she wanted more artistry in her acting roles and to show more range, but she was typecast over and over and over again as the sexy girl and the dumb blonde. But she was actually yeah. like really fucking smart. So, um, yeah, she she became one of the top 10 earning actors in the country, even though she was being paid way less than the gentleman. 
Yeah. Um, in, in 1954 was when she filmed the seven year itch, which is the movie where she's standing over the subway grate and holding her dress down. And that dress, can you guess how much money that dress is worth? It's still, it's still around. It's still being like bought around and sold around. Oh, at like various auctions. Um, I have no idea. I mean, I'm guessing, are we talking millions of dollars? Uh huh. Tens of millions? No, not that much. That's a lot. Okay, of, that's a lot. That of, that's a lot of fucking money. I don't know. <laughs> some people are fucked up. They want some. I don't know. They yeah. want some. You know. So it's worth seventy-year-old dress. It's worth five and a half million dollars. That's a lot for a dress. That's so much for a dress. That's a lot for for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, oh my it's god. So fucking rich, but. Do we know anything about the people who buy this dress? Uh, do we want to? Maybe that could be a separate episode. The type of person. <laughs> uh, maybe. Pervy old men who, honestly, pervy old men are the only ones who are probably going to be like, oh, Marilyn Monroe's dress for $5 million. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So I don't, don't want to waste too much time on this. She, she kind of moved into through okay. the film industry and she was taking these roles and blah, blah, blah. She, she married Joe DiMaggio and then divorced oh, him. And then she, she was kind of hot married Arthur Miller. Oh yeah. <clears throat> she married Arthur Miller. Okay. But yeah, he was, that was a big old, go ahead. He was, if I remember my history correctly, um, he was kind of a lightning rod for, um, anti, communist stuff like the other way around he was a communist sympathizer he was a, okay well that's he was the target of anti-communist activities because yeah, he was a suspected like communist which in those days was a terrible thing Pro- well probably because he was he was also jewish i do know that Marilyn converted to judaism when she was married to him one of the few random facts that yeah. i do know she did so again, on our yep. theme of people just trash on people who are Jewish. Right. I feel like that's going to come up a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, so continue. yeah, she, she shacked up with Arthur Miller. Okay. She was fighting with Fox forever and like back and forth. And they eventually negotiated a contract where she was doing more like serious roles and she was like happier in in the roles that she was getting. Although she had a lot of health problems and suffered from depression. As you recall, her mother was a suffered from paranoid schizophrenia, which um, it can be genetic. So she, she started to go downhill a little bit. She actually spent time in a mental ward. Um, and then things were starting to look up. So she renegotiated her contract with Fox she was uh, signed on for like three movies that she got to pick her role. Okay. And I think she was also like a producer and she was trying to start a production company with Arthur Miller. In 1962, which um, is the year of her death, she famously sang happy birthday to John F. Kennedy. Because she banged him. She did. She did. Bang she did. Her. We're gonna. We're gonna. Okay. Get in, we're gonna get into that later. Yeah. But she was. Yeah. She was close with the Kennedys. Very close with the Kennedys. And I mean, uh, I love Jackie, and I feel bad for Jackie, but also, like, you go, Marilyn. You go. Yeah. I mean, a Kennedy, honey. Right. <laughs> so just quit picking the married ones. She was working on this movie with Fox and she kept calling out sick. And eventually they, they said like, get the fuck out of here. We can't deal with this anymore. We're behind schedule, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, a quick overview of the rise and fall of Marilyn Monroe. This all, okay. all the stuff I just said happened in 1962, which was the year she died. So, Okay. Let's get into the conspiracy. Why is there a conspiracy? Okay. Why is there a conspiracy at all? Do you know? So, <clears throat> I okay, I don't know. But when you told the story of how she died, this Eunice bitch sounds shady. I don't like it. 
She, if she died between 8.30 and 10.30 and wasn't found until 3 o'clock in the morning, what the fuck was Eunice doing? She was doing laundry. <laughs> and she said that she was okay. Laundry? Uh-huh. My ass. Yeah. She was just doing laundry. Um, all right. <laughs> so, okay. But I, okay. I see, I see an opening. So, yeah. Fill me in. in. Although she died in 1962, there weren't any real, there wasn't any traction on foul play allegations until the 70s, which is quite a while before anything really comes up. It's almost like 10 years. So, in 1982, the LA district attorney opened an investigation, but ultimately found nothing. The arguments that came up around that time were that in her autopsy, there was no pill residual. So it appeared that she, and by that I mean like the pills that she was taking had some dye in them, and there was no dye found in her stomach. And supposedly it should have lingered. Okay. Also, the drug company and the drug itself um, claim that that drug alone, no matter how much she took, could not have possibly raised her blood toxicity to a point that it would kill her. And also, um, the numbers that were recorded don't are higher than the drugs that, that she could have taken. Does that make sense? The numbers that they wrote down don't match the anywhere near where those medications could have put her at. What the actual, okay. Okay. She didn't throw up. There was no vomit found, which if you take a shit ton of pills, okay, you're probably going to puke because your body's like, no. Yeah, because they said, I think the newspaper covers said that she was found nude. And didn't they say that she took like 40 pills or something like that? I'm not sure the exact number. Um, Okay. But I mean, they alluded to, or at least like openly stated a pretty significant number of pills to take. Right. Like I don't Um, have a headache and take 40 Advil. (laughs) Yeah. And if you did, you would puke and probably be fine. Yeah. So, well, not fine, but not fine, (laughs) but alive. (laughs) Um, She didn't have any needle marks on her body, but regularly received injections from her doctor. Okay. From her psychiatrist. She had like intravenal, um, medication and yet they the autopsy reported no injection sites her colon was discolored suggesting that there may have been an enema involved okay right and the final thing is that the coroner apparently um, did not abide by typical protocol in that Given the things that he found, he should have called for a grand jury investigation, but he did not. Which smells huh. a little shitty. That smells like a cover-up. <laughs> that was that was a really bad. That was so bad. Uh, uh, Sorry, that's awful. <laughs> okay, so there's four major players that I want to talk about. Um, Gay men should understand that enemas will not wash away the things that you've done. They sure won't. (laughs) Okay. So, one, we know the housekeeper, right? Something's up there. The other one is the the psychiatrist. He was there. What's his name? He wrote her prescriptions. His name... Okay. I, I don't fucking know. Doctor, I never said his name. I don't think. Oh, I. Okay. I'm just gonna. I think I remember. His I'm just name. gonna call Ralph them something. by their titles to keep it less confusing. Housekeeper, psychiatrist, okay. <laughs> and because I don't have it written down, housekeeper, psychiatrist, the deputy coroner, who, as I said, didn't okay. seem to follow protocol, and one who we have yet to meet, okay. Robert Kennedy. Uh-huh. <gasps> All right. <laughs> okay, go on. So first I'm going to Oh, 
I know. First, I'm going to discuss so nervous this going. the first and most uh, popular and most widely accepted conspiracy theory, which is that it centers around the Kennedys. All right. So. Okay. This theory was stirred up by a semi-recently released redacted FBI file, which um, speculated the claims that were made by, by the coroner. Um, people look at the proximity of her death to when she sang happy birthday to JFK, which was only two months before she died. There were rumors, obviously, that Marilyn had affairs with both John and Robert Kennedy. So keeping it close to the, within the family. <laughs> and that she had it in the family. some stuff about like gov- top, top secret government stuff. And so she wanted a president and the next president. Yeah. And I think that she wanted to continue their relations. Um, and they, they were trying to break it off and she threatened to go public with the information that she had learned. So there's this famous little red book that Marilyn Monroe had. Have you ever, have you heard about that? I've heard of the little red book. Yeah. So apparently she wrote down all of the secret shit that they told her in this little red book, which allegedly contained information about the hydrogen bomb that was tested in Nevada. Oh. And some people say the alien crash landing in Roswell. Which we will cover in another episode. Yeah, I call dibs on that one because I am a 1,000% a believer. (laughs) Um, She told one of her friends at one point, quote, I know something that will change the world. I think that's a quote. Let's say it's okay. not a quote, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but she she mentioned to somebody that she had like this batshit crazy information that people would flip out about. So before we go down that path, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? It's Ryan. Thank you so much for listening to Theory Query. Please follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Theory Query. Or you can always email us your feedback or suggestions um, at theoryqueerypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the show. On with the Kennedy stuff. So JFK at the time was running for his second term. Okay. And he wanted her, he wanted to it seems like generally accepted that she knew some shit. Right. And so he, he wanted her silence and many people who were close to the Kennedys, like, uh, in-laws and stuff have confirmed that Robert went to Marilyn's house that night to terminate the affair. Okay. So Bobby shows up to clean things up for jack basically yep yep okay so he was sent in to to silence her by whatever means necessary okay so a lot of people think that the kennedys were in cahoots with the housekeeper to do what they call an induced suicide by basically like really upsetting her making sure that she has enough pills to commit suicide she'd been like accused of of feigning suicide and threatening suicide in the past and also making like bogus attempts as an attention seeking mechanism. And so people think that they may have come in and like played on that, but you know, the housekeeper wasn't going to check on her purposefully. That seems like a bit of a reach to me. Yeah. I mean, but who knows? Like they could have gotten her worked up and been like oh if you're really gonna kill yourself why don't you just kill yourself that's right. fucked up right the plot thickens. i mean it's gonna keep thickening but um the plot thickens and with this information that she had fired her housekeeper 
and the day of her death was her housekeeper's last day on the job. So Eunice was in on it. <laughs> when the police arrived to the house between three and four, I think, um, she, that's when they, they came in and she was doing laundry. Like, do-do-do, I just found my boss, or former boss, dead in her bedroom, and I'm just going to casually wash some clothes. And or sheets, or whatever the fuck. She wasn't, like, reported to be extremely upset that she just found a dead body in the house. No. The, the arriving officer... Um, site like wrote wrote later that he felt suspicious because people weren't acting typically given the circumstances typically meaning hysteric having a fall apart the the american the america's sweetheart is dead in your house yeah she's dead bitch jeez yeah (laughs) so the housekeeper she she didn't say much for a long time and she wrote a book and just like conveniently left out some really important details, but she later, after she wrote her book, confirmed that Robert Kennedy had visited the home that day. Even though he formally stated that he was in fact in San Francisco the whole time. Remember, this is in LA. And Uh that, um, oh, and the housekeeper also said later that an ambulance had come to the home while Marilyn was still alive. So it, nothing huh. makes sense anymore, right? No. The, t- the timelines don't make... It's like some, something stinks. Now, <laughs> allegedly, the psychiatrist and Robert had been there at the same time. Okay. And it is quote-unquote documented. I don't know how or why or where or when. Um, I'm just reading from what I read that the Robert and the psychiatrist held her down forcibly to inject her with medication. Okay. I don't know whether okay. it was um, intravenous or the enema, but that's, that's what's up. The psychiatrist was interviewed. <coughs> what the? F- so the president's brother and your psychiatrist are holding you down to forcibly give you medication. That sounds... Okay. Allegedly. Doesn't sound too great. They interviewed the psychiatrist later, and I watched this documentary where he they play the voice recording. So this is from the horse's mouth. And the psychiatrist, they asked him, like, what the fuck, man? And he said, I can't explain myself or defend myself without revealing things I don't want to reveal. I can't talk about it because I can't tell the whole story. Talk to Bobby Kennedy. Okay. Yep. This is what he said. He was there that day. He knows he some knows shit. He knows some stuff. He's scared. Oh my gosh. He's scared. like, I can't say that he killed her, but I can't say that he didn't kill her. Yeah. And then furthermore, Marilyn was very close with her hairdresser and she called, she called her hairdresser twice that day to tell him that Robert had been to her house with Lawford, the actor friend threatening her. Oh shit. And when they checked her phone records, the last call that she made before she died was to the white house (gasps) or that someone made Uh that someone made. Okay. Someone made. Okay. Hmm. So she was trying to get a hold of Jack and say, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Why, (laughs) why is your brother here to kill me? (laughs) Why is your brother here to kill me? Um, so that's, that's all the evidence that leads that implicates the Kennedys. Okay. The Robert stuff is very, very shysty. He, he went, he said publicly that he wasn't anywhere near LA, that he was 
with his friend in San Francisco. The friend in San Francisco also like uh, corroborated that, and yet we have like five okay. people saying that they they saw him saying that he was there the was uh, he he visited her a lot in L.A. probably to get some I assume, um, and the police in the area were familiar with his vehicle. There were police who said they are positive that they saw him driving around. It's just like, he was there. He was definitely there. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So that's the Kennedy thing. I'm going to go over a few other less popular ones just for fun before I get to the one that, uh, I, honestly am convinced by um so the less popular theories first one is that she was killed by right-wing nationalists sound familiar sound topical (laughs) um yeah no that's uh that's on point for us (laughs) and it was in response to jfk's liberal agenda and or her involvement with arthur miller who was a communist, like a known communist sympathizer. Okay. The next one is that the FBI killed her. Um, It came out later that they had a file open on her, most likely because she was with Arthur Miller, who they were tracking. She was. Oh, and following his activities. And so she was also a suspected communist. And she applied for a Russian visa. Well, because... she publicly defended him when they were saying that he was a communist sympathizer. Mm-hmm. She also she also applied for a Russian visa, which is pretty suspect. Uh, okay. The next one is that Fidel Castro put a hit on her. Um, this is very like far fetched and romantic, like. He wanted, like, he gives a fuck, right? But he wanted to kill America's sweetheart in retaliation for his own assassination attempt by the United States. Uh, hmm. Okay. The next one is... So Castro was going to get to Kennedy by way of Maryland. Uh, yeah, I think it was... People think that it was more of, like, a symbolic thing. I don't know. Okay. The next one is that the CIA killed her in retaliation for the Bay of Pigs disaster. That's that's all I got okay. on that one. It's it's not anything. And the final one <laughs> is that she's she didn't die. She's still alive. She's still alive. Which is a nice thing to think huh. about. And this comes from a Canadian man named John Baker who picked up a hitchhiker in 1984 who was apparently paranoid schizophrenic, looked exactly like Marilyn Monroe, and claimed to be a former movie star. He also said that her singing voice sounded exactly the same, and he is, quote, 99% sure that it's her. And this... Yeah, that's exactly... If you ever have any question about someone's identity, um, just ask them to sing for you. (laughs) And uh, and you'll get it right away. Right. So I think all of those. I just like to think that he picked up. I'm just imagining that he picked up like just some hilarious drag queen hitching a <laughs> ride along the side of the highway. <laughs> Her dick looked exactly like Marilyn's, and no two dicks yeah, are like. They were the same. No two dicks are like. It was the same. <laughs> Um, the Kennedy struck me as bottoms. <laughs> um, so that you saw Jackie's pink power suit. Oh yeah, fair. That's definitely fair. They were so. getting pegged all day, every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so that's that's yep. a crock of shit. Now, this to me is the smoking gun. And okay. spoiler alert, I'm um this is the first conspiracy theory we've talked about so far that I have been swayed by fully. Okay. Okay. So JFK during his presidency 
declared war on organized crime. If you rec- if you recall, okay. Yes, it was discovered upon a remodeling of Marilyn's house that it was completely wiretapped. It was bugged every which way. So he was listening. All right. Or someone was listening, was very interested in the conversations happening uh-huh. in that house. All right. Um, the mob wire tapped house? The mob wire tapped house. Or the CIA, or both. <laughs> We're not really sure. Okay. We've wiretapped each other. <laughs> now, the theory, the theory states that the CIA asked the mob to kill Marilyn Monroe. What? The mob said, okay, because it would embarrass Robert Kennedy, who took a very firm stance on defeating organized crime and like ran on that platform. It's also Uh pretty well accepted that the mob was instrumental in helping the Kennedys to get elected. And then Uh they flip and decide that they're going to bring down the mob, which is a very probably bad idea. Because when you owe the mob a favor, you don't then yeah, throw then them all in jail. You don't tell them no. Yeah. So there's this guy named Sam Giancana, who is a mob high up. He wrote in his memoir and spoke in a documentary that Marilyn's death was, in fact, this is the mob going public and claiming responsibility for her death, which is like, Okay. All right. <laughs> then why are we even fucking talking about it? Yeah. He was the godson of the guy who was like at the at the top or near the top at the time. He said that it was a mob hit ordered by the CIA and arranged by this man, his godfather. He said that the mob broke into her bedroom, taped her mouth, and administered poison through an enema then staged it to look like a forced suicide carried out by the Kennedys. (sighs) And that (laughs) the CIA, who was tracking the Kennedys as well, swooped in behind the mob to destroy evidence and ultimately make it look like an accident. Because if you're the CIA, you don't want people working backwards and figuring out that you are working with the mob to kill a supermodel who knows, or sorry, to kill a super actress slash supermodel who knows a lot of government intelligence. And it seems if someone came up with this on their own, I'd be like, okay, like that's a lot of moving pieces. Sounds pretty fucking unlikely, but the mob <laughs> has accepted responsibility for this. And unless they are just trying to, yeah, yeah unless they're, they're like, just trying to discredit and, you know, cause mistrust with the CIA, then I see no reason why they would lie about it. Unless it's like a fucking like Taliban thing where they just accept responsibility for every terrorist attack to make themselves look scary. But the mob's already scary, so. And Eunice was in on it the whole time. Yeah, fucking Eunice doing her laundry. Jesus. Doing her fucking laundry. Yeah, the Kennedy's dirty laundry. Ooh. God damn it. I mean, the laundry is probably pretty dirty if it was an enema. (laughs) That was actually my other question, and I know it's disgusting to uh, discuss on a podcast. But yeah, the kind of cleanup that would be involved in uh, killing someone with a uh, barbiturate-filled enema. Right. That sounds unpleasant. So after I, and I, I actually, this isn't some weird thing somebody wrote. I watched the interview where the godson, who has the same name, Sam Giancana, um, Jr., on on video saying that it was the mob and providing all those details. What? So I'm like that, that's all that I really needed to see. 
and it was the last thing that I saw. So I'm like, well, glad I fucking like looked at all this other bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, like to to me, it, the there's no question really. Huh. I think I might be a little convinced. I am. <laughs> where's so, your, yeah, okay. where's your like speckles of doubt? This mob thing, this, I don't know. I, this story is too fun. And like, was it a suicide? Was it a murder? Like, that's just a compelling story to get yourself involved in, especially when like the thing that you live for is eating pizza and watching reruns of forensic <laughs> files. Now that everyone knows a little bit more about me. Yeah. Was so, okay. So Jack and Bobby, they were into some, some shady political shit. I'm sure. Uh, what about Jackie? Was Jackie. I involved with any i have no idea there was some mention of like jackie threatening to leave jfk because of the affair and that that may have motivated him to to move on it and also remember that he was running for re-election so and marilyn was allegedly like threatening to go public with the affair and or the intel that she had so it would have been not only okay. like a tremendous public safety issue, but also like a massive scandal that especially in those, I mean, we know now today that cheaters and liars and f- like f- fucking pigs can become president. But in that time, <laughs> it it would have certainly, you know, ruined Kennedy's chances of getting reelected. If it, even if she didn't, you yeah. know, go public with the intel, but just said that she was having an affair, which everyone would believe if she said it because people were already all talking about it. And so even if she knew nothing about, about the government intelligence stuff, then she still could have been killed by the Kennedys because of the affair. Just for the affair. Yeah. That would have been a huge black eye for their image, especially as like these, you know, upstanding, progressive figures in American philanthropic. Yeah. Well, and the fact that like, wasn't, was he the, I don't don't remember if Kennedy was like the first Catholic president, but like a super Catholic family and like the black eye that would have been towards Catholics in American politics at that point, because they weren't really well trusted by uh, much of the American political world, which was Protestant for so much of our history. Yeah. So, Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't believe at the very least that it was a suicide and like, furthermore, I think the mob slash CIA thing, mob hit CIA cover up is pretty convincing. I don't know. It's sad. I, I mean, it's it really, is really it's sad. super sad. We're basically like this fragile woman who basically had to sell her body to a bunch of disgusting dudes to get to where she was in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she just like, yeah. Flew too close to the sun, got tangled up with the wrong people, knew some stuff that she wasn't supposed to. And then she's dead in her bed. Oh, I forgot to mention by the way that her body was posed in a way that the police who arrived said like, did not make sense at all because like rigor mortis would have set in or something oh. and or just like the way that she would have the way that she would have uh died at the time would not have been it was a very like picturesque um kind of pose you know like from a movie they actually say there i can't remember what the movie is i wish i could remember what it was called like laying on her side knee to her chest like she was no, like, like, uh, like, uh, walk like an Egyptian, <laughs> you know, like with the phone in her hand, it just, it just seemed way too, way oh. too strange. Um, because if okay. she had, you know, died of an overdose, she would have been more like contorted or something, maybe like curled up in the fetal position. I don't, like, I don't know this shit, but they, the police, yeah, I feel like, and especially if you, overdosed on barbiturates i don't like i don't think that people find like 
heroin overdose victims like gently <laughs> yeah exactly holding a phone like i think it's more of a gruesome kind of thing that you yeah. find with puke everywhere and like you know whatever yeah sad sad endings yeah so are you are you like where where are you <laughs> i might okay so i might be a cons- i'm team i'm team cover up i might be team cover up so but i could i can go a couple ways on it i'm not sure about the mob to be completely honest because the mob does claim credit for a lot of things that the mob may or may not be involved in and that's the thing like you never know they're like, yeah, we're involved in it, but are we involved in it? <laughs> so I yes. don't know. I think so. I think given her relationship with JFK and her, if not full on relationship, but at least interest and admiration for Bobby, that there was some motive to keep her quiet about the things that she learned and the things that she knew. Whether that was they preyed on a fragile woman and pushed her to the edge and, you know, so to speak, put the gun in her hand Mm -hmm. for her to do it. Like maybe it could be a suicide in that way, but I, I think that their behavior in doing that would make them culpable for killing her. That's kind of, that's the way I'm looking at it. I think maybe she could have taken her own life, but I feel like a lot of people helped her get to the edge. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's sad and it's fucked up. And I would also like to take this opportunity to say that if anyone listening right now is feeling like suicide is the answer or the way out, please talk to somebody. Please tell somebody you're know that you're not alone and that it's there, there is hope and um, there is, there is hope for a brighter future. Absolutely. And if anyone does feel like they do need to reach out to somebody or, you know, if you don't have a, um, a close friend or family member that you can reach out to right away, the national suicide prevention line um, is actually a great resource. And their number is one 800 um, again, 1-800-273-8255. You can call any time of day, and they always have someone there willing to talk to you, um, especially when you find yourself um, trapped in those um, dark places. Cheers. And for our LGBT listeners, um, there is also the Trevor Project. So if you um, feel like you need some extra support and you need someone who understands your walk in life. Uh, the Trevor project is another great resource and you can call them at one 488 7386 That's one 488 7386 And they're also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, whenever life gets to you and you feel like um, you've got nowhere else to go, reach out. Thanks Ethan. You bet. All right. Well, we're, we're about at time. So I think, okay. I think we're going to call it. I'm convinced. Yeah, I think you're, you're um, kind of convinced. Yeah. I'm a little bit convinced. I hated Eunice from the get go. Oh yeah. No, she's, she's got lots of secrets. <sighs> Fucking Eunice. Oh. God damn it. Eunice. <laughs> <laughs> If I, I already have a fish, but I kind of want to get another fish and name it Eunice. And every time I walk by name it, Eunice. I'm just going to go fucking Eunice. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for yeah. listening. Let us know what you, let us know if you're convinced or if you have any, any groundbreaking information on this case. Um, or if you have any corrections, cause I'm sure we got a lot of shit wrong and I would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Please uh, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, um, at us, hashtag us, however the fuck you DM do it. DM us, slide on um, into those DMs. Keep in touch. 
slide into my DM. <laughs> All right, everyone. Don't fly too close to the sun. Don't don't dig too deep about Roswell. It might end badly. <laughs> and we'll see you next episode. Theory Query is 100% independently produced. If you liked today's episode, please tell your friends, please follow us on social media, and please subscribe to this podcast so we can keep the content coming.